From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in blah, 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 blah. From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue and I'll get around to it, Minneapolis. This is Nice Games Club. The go- <sighs> The show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry and I make nice games. I'm Steve McGregor and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Crow, I too make nice games. For this week's episode, our topics are space exploration games and gaming habits. And so, if everyone is ready, let's start. You want to do that one again? Uh, we should probably do it again. Huh? You sure? Well, I don't know. Did it work? <laughs> <laughs> you got all the words out. <laughs> yeah, sort of. <laughs> we could edit it. Uh, I say onward. Yeah, we're doing it. Cool. <laughs> this is Nice Games Club. The show we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> now I can say it just fine. Uh, <laughs> it's all that pressure from the music and stuff. Yeah, man. It's scary. Y'all have- <laughs> Y'all ever do it before? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could try recording it without the music and then putting the music in later because it's literally on a different track anyway. Yeah, but that's like more work. And, there's, <laughs> and we like try to tune it with the, the, there's cues and stuff, right? I think that's what throws you off is like you, all these internal cues. Yeah, I do it in my song head. Has, it's like you, 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 you uh, psych yourself out. Yeah. That's what happens. Also, I'm not an actor. <laughs> I don't normally read from a script and stuff, except when I'm doing this podcast. Well, I, I mean, you're still pretty new to it. Uh, this That's is episode 106. <laughs> nice games, love. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> um, I want to talk about meta, uh, meta stuff. I want to talk about fall TV because it's yeah. fall TV season. I mean, just so we can waste our listeners' time a little bit more before getting into the topic. Basically, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I really like the fall TV. You season. like TV. It's exciting. And so fall and TV like, is like a moment where yeah. like it all com- it like more. There's comes all to these you. new shows, and like yeah. three fourths of them are bad, and you won't care about them. But like you still watch like the first episode. Cause do you do that? You do that thing where you try out all the new shows? I, well, not all of them. Yeah. You, there's ones that you can clearly tell are like extra drama or something, and uh-huh. I'm not going to be interested in that. But other people might. Um, but yeah, I tried what, the ones what is an extra of, drama? Uh, well, apparently a middle, a million little things. Uh-huh. I didn't realize it was going to be uh, so dramatic when I saw the image because mm-hmm. it has, uh, it has, uh, the guy from psych in it, Sean. Oh, James Roday. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. I and mean, he's good in it, but like, it's just extra dramatic and stuff. It's just a lot. There's a lot of like things where like all these plot points are clearly going to connect together and people are going to get like upset and stuff. And you can tell it's just really specifically leading up to this point and you can see it a mile away and it's just <laughs> that stuff is I, I'm, I'm not in for that right you preferred he had like a partner and then and, and heard it both ways <laughs> right <laughs> yes <laughs> maybe I don't know um, but I don't know I, I find this time to be kind of exciting yeah because you might find a show you really enjoy like mm-hmm. The Good Place for example yeah um, I'm not gonna talk about spoilers no spoilers ever 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 no nope never spoilers Martha's not cut off uh, <laughs> but it's a good show if you haven't seen it it's, it's such a good show it's extremely good like not only is it funny but like it's like about something yeah which is hard for a comedy to be which yes. is really exciting yes. uh, that's like the only show I'm excited about this this fall like um, yeah everything I mean, else is like whatever I'm not excited about any of the shows I'm yeah. just excited about the possibility that some of these shows could be really good okay uh, so I also this morning I watched a million little things again it's extra dramatic mm-hmm. I might watch another episode though because it wasn't bad they hooked them guys they hooked them (laughs) (laughs) and then uh there's a show called the cool kids which has i guess it takes place in a retirement home it's okay it's like a comedy you know it's a laugh track comedy Mm -hmm. um and those are Ah! (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) um and then i watched i feel bad and i didn't really like that show very much Mm -hmm. uh it's about a woman who has a family and like feels bad all the time like all and, of us, and they focus on the like time. particular, yeah. And they focus <laughs> on like particular aspects of why she feels bad at this moment. And actually, there's a, it's, they have a. She works at a gaming company. Mm-hmm. She's a video game developer. She's the head artist. Um, but like all of the people in the video game company are terrible people. So <laughs> maybe don't watch that one. Uh, <laughs> and then single parents. That one's good. It's just about single parents. A group of single parents. Mm-hmm. It's funny though. Yeah, that's a good one. I tend to find that the premises I get the most excited about are the yeah. shows I'm most disappointed in. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. I get, I don't get cynical. I just, it's hard for me to get excited. But 
I have a TiVo and suddenly my TiVo fills up with all the returning shows. Ah. And there's a kind of like a, oh, I could sit on the couch for four hours tonight if I want to. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a kind of a night feeling about all that stuff coming back. Right. Yeah. I don't necessarily watch the premieres like when they premiere, but mm-hmm. I will watch them sometimes like three or four weeks afterwards. And then I just have a bunch of stuff. And if I really like it, then I can binge watch it. Mm-hmm. Then I got to sit there and wait yeah. for the next episodes. But you know. It's all par for the course. Mm-hmm. You people on your TV. <laughs> well, Martha, you listen to just a ton of podcasts, right? That's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, and I also watch TV, but just way later. Like yeah. I've just finished season two of The Good Place. Uh-huh. Really great, you guys. <laughs> Wait, you just finished season two? Yeah, they just put it on Netflix. Oh, well, then you're all caught up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, no, they've ca- released a bunch of the third season, haven't they? Just no, one the, episode. the first episode of the okay. third season aired like two days ago. Yeah, well, yeah, still spoilers, you guys. <laughs> okay. Every episode. Oh, you're not is... going to watch any of that for a year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. <sighs> <laughs> we, you guys have to come over to my place on Thursdays and we'll watch it together. Ooh. 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 <laughs> and that invite goes out to all of you listeners. <laughs> We'll just pile we'll just, you all into my apartment. Or or just set up a stream of us watching the <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. I'm sure we get in trouble for that. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Nice Games Club, our continuing mission to explore strange new topics, to seek out new techniques and new game engines, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you should see the smile on her face. Yeah, that's, well, that's, that's wonderful. That's great. Well executed. Thank that's, you. That's beautiful I wrote stuff. that while you were talking about TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about space games, which mm-hmm. I can't believe we haven't talked about before. Like I had to look back in the archive to make sure. Because mm-hmm. like you that's a whole thing on Star Trek games. I, was gonna say. I, I know, but that was. But that's not really the same thing. Yeah, I wasn't there for that, so it didn't count. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also, it wasn't about space like games in general. Yeah, that's we're, we're going to have to do another Star Trek thing when you're here, I think. Right, so I can... <laughs> so it counts. Yes, right. Ah, <laughs> stepped into that one. I did. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Especially because... Like all these new Star Trek things are about to happen. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to start talking about Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> well, another reason why I wanted to do this talk is because I've been reading a lot of Star Trek Voyager novels, which actually are kind of good. Like <laughs> sometimes better than the, sh- a lot of times better than the show was. I like how you anyway. sort of apologize for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm going to apologize. They're great. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I thought we'd talk, I'd talk a little bit about um, some of the history of, of space exploration and trading and fighting games because they go back, like, way back. Um, really? Yeah. So, like, on computers that you will probably have never heard of before. <laughs> uh, at least unless you're Dylan. Because I was <laughs> like, did you know about all these? And he's like, oh, yeah, I haven't known about It's like... Oh, <laughs> it's like I play Elite Dangerous. You know these things if you play Elite Dangerous. I was like, okay, that's fair. Sure. <laughs> um, so speaking of Elite Dangerous, Elite, the game that it's based on, mm-hmm. um, it came out in 1984. Oh, okay. And it was one of the first um, like 3D s- space games. It's all vector graphics, but um, it like super revolutionized how people thought space games could be. Um, and it was released on the BBC micro and the acorn electron. <laughs> okay. What <laughs> did you know that the BBC as in the British broadcasting corporation made a computer? Wow. <laughs> well, they didn't make a computer. They commissioned acorn computer uh, company to make it. But, oh, and they called it the Acorn? They called it the BBC Micro. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they like put it in all the schools in Britain, basically. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it was for the BBC Computer Literacy Project. Mm. Oh, well, that's useful. Yeah. I wonder if that was helpful. I mean, I, I think so. so. Cool. Mm-hmm. I love the specs on these things, but basically the Acorn Electron was the, the com- like the commercial model. It was sure. the, the BBC Micro was the was the... Uh, education model. Right. Okay. The EMAC to the IMAC. Exactly. Right? Yes. Yeah. Basically, basically the same, but <laughs> yeah, it's the same. The same idea: getting computers into the schools. Although I think 
that Apple had an ulterior motive <laughs> to make sure all kids knew how to use an Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, but I digress. Anyway, so I love the specs on these things because um, it had 32 kilobytes of RAM. Oh. And what, what year is this? This is. Well, you just said 1983 was the release date of the Acorn. Okay. Um, And Elite was released in 1984. Mm -hmm. Um, But the the media, like the the input stuff that it took, was a cassette tape. Oh. Had a floppy disk optional (laughs) (laughs) and a ROM cartridge also optional. So these all were running on cassette tapes, which is super cool. The ColecoVision was also on a cassette tape. Yeah, it's funny. It's like, how is that even possible? It's like, it's just a really slow, like, magnetic yeah. storage medium. That's all it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that makes sense. But it, that, and that comes from, it, prior to that, those big room-sized computers all ran on high-speed uh, 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 tape reels. And so it just made sense to people. Well, we have something similar in a, in a consumer format. Let's use that. And so it was a, it was a going thing for a while. Mm. Yeah. I want... Like instead of steampunk, I want a sci-fi world that uses like tape technology. Yeah. <laughs> it would be awesome. <laughs> anyway, so Elite was a really big deal um, because it did 3D graphics basically, um, and it's so cool reading about this because like Elite Dangerous is literally the same game. Like um, the We'll have to put pictures in the show notes, but like all of the um, space stations and stuff were like these geometric shapes. Mm-hmm. And basically what Elite Dangerous did is they took those shapes and then like made cool looking space ship, uh, space station designs on them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, oh, it's so cool. Um, and like the story is similar. Not that they have much of a story, but um, <laughs> there's these aliens called the Thargoids. Um, oh, which, that is a real '80s alien. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and they just introduced them into into the the sequel game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had no idea that they were from the original one. Hmm. Um, in the original one, you played a character called Commander Jameson, and there's a um, station in the new one that is called like Jameson um, Station or something like that. Uh, okay. And that's like the once you hit get enough points in all of the different. Uh, factions that are controlling the galaxy you get access to this station that has like every ship available and all that stuff in its store um yeah so it's all these little homages to this game um so it's a it is a direct sequel or is it like what's the actual lineage of the like is the same people involved making yes so it's made by a company called frontier Mm -hmm. and they're one of the original it was developed by two guys david rabin and ian bell and david rabin is still working on the new one it looks like or it's at least still part of the company i don't Mm -hmm. know if how much but um uh so yeah so there was they made an actual sequel called frontier elite 2 in 1993 and frontier first encounters in 1995 um and that one introduced newtonian physics realistic star systems and seamless freeform planetary landings (laughs) <laughs> uh, so so that innovation is really what that's what elite dangerous is sort of known for is it's sort of the verisimilitude yes so that comes from those sequels yes oh, yeah okay. so basically elite dangerous of uh, was crowdfunded in 2012 and came out in 2014 and basically combines all of the previous games into mm-hmm. one basically okay so, so in, in all of these kinds of games you just travel from planet to planet and that's it? Or what do you do? <laughs> yeah, so there's not much to do in Elite. Um, okay. There's a bunch of, and, and in Elite Dangerous, there's an, a lot of trading that you can do. Okay. Um, so each, each station, you have missions, um, and and you can buy just resources, basically. You can't really do anything with except resell. And each station has a different, um, like, uh, ec- economy, like how, how much everything costs. Sure. And... Um, then you can use the money to upgrade your ship and all that sort of stuff. Um, there's also space combat. So you're fighting either okay. uh, pirates or your fellow players. And in the new one, I don't know if you could do it in the old one, but in the new one, you can mine asteroids for resources that you, and you can sell. Mm-hmm. 
so there's the game there's there is sort of an idle gameplay loop if you just want to like go in and play for a while yes but then there are like higher level events if you want to i don't know go crazy yeah and lots of like i think i've talked about this before but elite dangerous has a lot of community um around it and i think the reason why it became a thing is because the original elite also had a, a big community around it too okay um that makes sense and they make up their own events uh which oh. is awesome we went to this summer we went to ohio <laughs> uh me and dylan <laughs> mm-hmm. to meet up irl with the group that plays lead dangerous oh. <laughs> together <laughs> <laughs> and we went to the aerospace museum in ohio and um that was super funny but basically all that group does is they go on long space expeditions and so everybody meets up at a certain place because the the game is always online Mm -hmm. um oh so this is an mmo right yes but i mean you can play it single single player okay so you can either be yeah i guess it's not always online you can either be in single player and you don't see anyone else or you can be online and see everyone else okay Mm -hmm. okay misspoke but yeah so i read recently about elite dangerous that they it's so there's so much role playing that goes on. There's mm-hmm. even a group of people who's, uh, they're, I think they're called the Fuel Rats. Yes. Oh, the Fuel Rats are so cool. Yeah. Tell us about that. <laughs> okay. So the Fuel Rats are this group of people who decided um, that they wanted to like be good people in this universe. And basically, you can go on their Discord or, or message boards and say like, "Help! I'm out of fuel." Because what happens in the game is you. Um, have a certain amount of jump range. You can hyperspace to um, stars. Mm -hmm. And um, you have this thing called a fuel scoop. And I I just love the the, the onboard computer. Um, Fuel scooping. (laughs) She's just so funny the way she pronounces everything. Anyway, um, so, but only certain stars you can scoop fuel from. Mm -hmm. So if you happen to accidentally jump to a star that A, you can't fuel scoop from, and B, it has no like space station surrounding it then you're trapped and basically you'll just sit there until your oxygen runs out oh um because that's kept track of also yes (laughs) (laughs) and that the life support systems are based on your fuel also Mm -hmm. so this group you go on there and you tell you give them your coordinates in the, the galaxy and they dispatch a um fuel rat to you who has a a ship with a large jump range and also a large cargo bay mm-hmm. capacity okay. and they fill fill the whole cargo bay with fuel fly out to you drop it in front of you and then you go over it and you get the fuel and then you're rescued oh <laughs> and it's awesome yeah that sounds <laughs> awesome okay i could see myself doing that because mm-hmm. then you just get a call and like oh shoot i'll go i'll just go on and do this thing and then it takes oh well, how long does it take to get from planet to planet um i mean varies, it varies right varies, it varies significantly okay. so sometimes like Dylan will be sitting there for like ten minutes sometimes to get out to a um, like space station that happens to be really far from the star, yeah. which you can't jump to. Uh-huh. You have to do super cruise, which is the next one down. It's like going. It's like being at impulse speed instead of warp drive. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I the the thing I read about was a a forty eight hour rescue mission where uh, somebody uh, wanted to do a thing where they wanted to take cargo and just go toss it out at the edge of the galaxy. Like it was like a fun thing to do. Oh. And they did all these calculations. So they had to, they only had enough fuel, like jump fuel to get back one way, mm-hmm. but they had to use normal fuel to go there or something. I don't know all the rules, but they, they took a two day trip, did their thing and realized they were just shy of, oh. of what they had. And they had no like, you know, standard uh, uh, impulse speed fuel left. So yeah. they were stuck out there two days from anything, oh. like two real time days. Oh. And so they contacted fuel rats and they like, you know, it's like um, that's that scene in Apollo 13 when they're trying to get the square thing into the round, whatever. Yeah. Like, I, feel, I feel like that must have happened. <laughs> and they sent out that they, they did it. They sent out that it was a 48 hour rescue mission. Like oh. that seems like, what a cool thing to do in yeah. a game. Like they have an, a, an intensive, like, to be a fuel rat, you have to go through all this like training oh, and wow. stuff like that because they don't want people to co grief people who are, are. Oh, yeah. So, like, you have to go through a pretty long process. Like, to, psychological like, testing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> and you have to like go along on, you know, some missions to see, you know, I don't know. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I love it. It's just, it's so neat. Yeah. It's that's unique about this genre of game is that it tends to have a lot of like, um, uh, community created uh, infrastructure, community lore, governments. 
Yeah. Like No Man's Sky is full of that too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And of course, Eve Online. Right. Isn't there a book literally about like the history of Eve Online? Oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like the first three wars or something. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's still happening, y'all. Yeah. This weekend, I read about um, a uh, a formal secession of hostilities treaty between two (laughs) uh, factions in Eve Online. Oh, dang. Um, One actually is giving up territory in order to prevent in order to just end the war like it's wow. real business like wow that's amazing yeah, i love this <laughs> <laughs> i wonder what it is about uh these games that like fosters that i know there's obviously a sense of community but like and there's a large world and yeah. i guess it fosters a lot of role play right so mm-hmm. maybe that all just ends up becoming that yeah i think part of it is that there's like you're like space is awesome mm-hmm. but then you realize that there's like so much of it there's so little to do, really, unless you make it another type of game. Mm-hmm. Like, No Man's Sky has that problem where you end up seeing the same planet over and over and over and over again. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that happens with a lot of these games where it's like, oh my god, it's going to be so vast and so huge. And then you realize, like, there's nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, people just fill that vacuum with, with their own mm-hmm. stuff. Maybe. That's kind of what space is. It's mainly emptiness. Yeah. That's why it's called space. <laughs> <laughs> they don't call it full. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> Put that on a Laffy Taffy wrapper. <laughs> uh, episode name. <laughs> uh, yeah, where's our hotel bell? Right? <laughs> yeah. Ding. Oh boy. <laughs> so, uh, Martha, you're into No Man's Sky. Yes. So, that's another reason why I wanted to talk about this because I've gotten really into No Man's Sky again. It's really good. Um, I've sort of stopped playing because I've, I've, you have to play it in, in cycles because if you play too much of it, you realize there's nothing to do. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I'm on another low point at the moment. But, oh man, the stuff they've added is so awesome. So, um, They've added more base building stuff, which mm-hmm. is neat because you can then find a planet that you find that is really cool and you want to hang out there. You can build your base there and then you can always go back there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that was my one complaint about, or one of the big reasons why I stopped playing um, when it first came out is that I found all these cool planets and then I would go to the next um, plant, like next system, and I could never get back. To the one that I was already at. Oh, yeah. So that's the other another design constraint for space games is yeah. how do you deal with like making a map of three dimensional space that's infinite on all sides, right? And make it navigable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and at first, the No Man's Sky. Well, the No Man's Sky one is still really frustrating, but at first it was even more frustrating than it was. But oh. now they have it where you can go back to the system you were just in. You can um, teleport back to your base whenever you want to. It's changed it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes it feel more real because the, everything's spatially organized. Yeah, like yeah. It's, the places you go to have a physical place. and You can come back to it at that point. In any yeah. point. Sure. Right, you, have a, you have a sense of it as a real place rather than being sort of lost in the wilderness. Like it used to be. Yeah. So the the thing about that game now it has proper multiplayer, um, but it's sort of like it's not MMO scale, right? No, no. Um, you can have it's like people joining your game in GTA or something like mm-hmm. that, where they can come in and play yeah. with you. But what, what do you other? I mean, other than the obvious, like a lot of role playing opportunities. What are the things you do together? Like just help each other with the whatever missions that we're on, mm-hmm. or like, oh, there's a really cool planet over here. You should check it out. Um, and there's a way to like share resources. So if you pick up a bunch of stuff, then you can like give some of it or all of it to the other players on your team. Um, you can also fight each other, Uh-oh. which we do not do. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, which I think was a big concern when the multiplayer first came out is that, uh, people would join your game randomly and then grief you. Mm-hmm. But we never ran into that. Is that a regular thing in these games, space exploration games? Do they have a lot of griefers? Um, I think Elite Dangerous has this problem. Okay. Um, I think yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I haven't played Eve Online. Do you think? I don't know. I think its foundation is griefing. I think that's the it's a foundational core <laughs> of that game. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I'm making fun of it, but like, I think that's definitely something that people talk about it a lot. I think because the the possibilities are are nearly endless for, yeah. for you to do things like that. So it's a it's a point of conversation. I I don't know how much that translates to actually a problem versus actually kind of an interesting kind of uh, risk of play, which is sort of you know I mean not to give any excuses, but like there's uh, in Eve people do talk about like it it increases the role playing when you realize there are jerks out there who could just mess with you. Yeah. Like that actually feels more like the real world that it's creating, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, you don't want that in no man's sky. Cause that's not the feel you want when you play a game like that. Yeah. Right. And, and <laughs> it's so funny because Dylan plays elite dangerous, mostly on single player, except for when he's playing with um, the small worlds expedition. Mm. Um, but the NPCs will grief you like they'll come and <laughs> interdict your ship, which means stopping like breaking it out of hyperspace oh. and like forcing you to fight oh, um, wow. and random encounter. Yeah. Random encounter. And they all say like really dumb things in the chat too. <laughs> it's like, is this what? <laughs> Why would you program this into this game? <laughs> it analyzed the chat logs of all the players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, it's pretty funny. Well, you're saying Dylan plays in single player and No Man's Sky is also is sort of pretty good as a single player experience, at least in its its mechanics. Um, but in a big world, you do still feel like you're part of something bigger. So talk about like the, that sort of difference in these types of games. Like the original Elite wasn't an online game, right? So no, yeah, th- it wasn't. There was a game called that they that people talk about called Trade Wars. Mm-hmm. And it was on... It was a BBS game. Hmm. So the old message board things that you would dial into, right? I wasn't around. Do you know, were you around? It's basically just a forum. <laughs> That's all it is. Okay. <laughs> but you had to like... Was have... I around? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're like 35 now, so... <laughs> I played Tell us your tale <laughs> When I was a kid I played uh, Star Trek uh, Role playing games On BBS's Which were just Like D&D But literally no rules It was just pure role play That's amazing uh, I made a character I had a captain We went on away missions It's pretty cool, cool. We, I played D&D On the Neopets um, uh, Message boards <laughs> Dang <laughs> Um, anyway, (laughs) I've never felt more different from you. (laughs) Uh, any, um, okay. (laughs) I did. Well, I wanted to ask you about that single player versus multiplayer dynamic and how the the lines blur a little bit with this genre. Ah. Yes, because it's so, space is so big that even when you're in multiplayer, you might not Especially in Elite Dangerous, you might not even see anyone else ever mm-hmm. if yeah. you're in a non-popular place. So, and space kind of makes you feel lonely, like just aesthetically, because mm-hmm. there's nothing around you. Yeah, I feel like, especially No Man's Sky, in the first iteration of it, really made you feel like there's no, you're oh, yeah. alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and now that there's multiplayer, you still kind of feel alone. Okay. But, like there's like a certain appeal to that too, right? Yeah. Like it's like your own little space, and if you meet somebody, that's okay. But like it only happens so rarely that like it's it's, it's something you can control in a way that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I can see the appeal of that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's um like you meet up at the crossroads to share tales or or, yeah. what, or supplies or whatever. It's mm-hmm. very frontier. The metaphor is pretty strong. Yeah. Um, but also a lot of the times the communal experiences of these things are really about the meta of it. Yes. Outside right? of the game. Yeah. Yeah. People write whole articles and newspapers about like what's going on in the game outside of the game. And mm-hmm. I'm sure there are podcasts and, and there's a bunch of YouTube video go- videos where, where people give the, the news of the, <laughs> of the game. It's just pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's all mo- more about the meta then about because there's nothing to actually in the game <laughs> to do <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's interesting how like that is not that's like a, a joke but it's not even really a criticism right yeah yeah it's oh, great it's almost mm-hmm. a plus it's a plus thing oh i wanted to go back to the trade wars thing that i was talking about yeah. oh yeah um so it's a bbs game and it was multiplayer mm-hmm. in a way 
um, because it was open source at the at first. There's lots of different versions of it, but basically, what happened was p- players played as a traitor in a galaxy with a fixed set of other players, either human or computer. Players seek to gain control of resources, usually fuel or food and equipment. So that was one of the first multiplayer space games that influenced a lot of the future ones. Mm-hmm. So the next one on the list of notable um, space exploration games is called Wing Commander. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the first one came out in 1990. Mm-hmm. That's the year I was born. Those games were famous. For, I'm just going to let that blow by. Uh, those games were famous for having these live action video elements yes. and being very narrative. Okay, uh, uh, have that have that spirit of exploration, but they were very different from the other games that we've been describing up to now. Um, mm, yeah, that, that's not different. I mean, there's like it was Mark Hamill's third most famous role. Ah, really? That's awesome. <laughs> I was after Luke Skywalker, the Joker, and then whatever he was called in that game. I never. Played that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the very famous role he's in. Yeah, <laughs> but that it sounds like that one like gives you uh, like purpose, I suppose. In a way, yeah, it has a campaign, right? The, yeah, the, the way I understand it. I mean, um, I never played them, Martha. Sounds like you were too young. Um, although they were like five or six. They were well, yeah. They were apparently the last one was released in two thousand seven. Yeah, oh, so Ring Commander Arena. Mm-hmm. Um. That might have so, been a spinoff. I don't know. Looks I, l- like it. <laughs> that seems counterintuitive. Why would you have an arena in a space exploration game? Uh, it was I, more of a, it sounds like it was more of a combat. I think it was like combat. a dog fighting simulator. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because that game had a couple, like there's a narrative component, there's yeah. an exploration component, there's a yeah. dog fighting component. And that, of course, is uh, the creator of that game went on to make Star Citizen. I say make. <laughs> make in quotes right. <laughs> to establish the star citizen corporation is really what it really is but yeah. um and the idea is a, a space game that can be all things to all people and it includes all different types of things including first person shooter component and all of that stuff okay um but so neither of you played wing commander yeah. no you just sort of know heard of it or whatever yes sounds yeah. like a thing i That's, knew there was wasn't there a star wars version of wing commander i think there was i wouldn't be surprised X-Wing. there were a lot of yes it was, it was um, something like that yeah, there were a lot of uh, um, imitators because it was a very, very popular game. And so um, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, a licensee was like, let's get in on that, especially because how uh, inspired by that it was. I didn't play Wing Commander because it's very military sci-fi. Oh, and sure. that just turns me right off. Like, Yeah, like, well, it's really funny because a lot of like how this combat works is so flight simulator like like dog fight yeah. like world war ii dog fight sort of things mm-hmm. and it like doesn't even some of them are like have physics that are not correct yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> explains <space>. that explains <laughs> the campaign aspect of it then huh because like there's there's combat and stuff so like you can go through a narrative and yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there are factions to fight against yeah. and all that, and and like that's perfectly fine right. for for a game. Uh, what I mean by military sci-fi is I mean like army in space, like mm-hmm. with the the pins and the green vest and like that. Those accoutrements, like that aesthetic, is is what I'm getting at more so than the mechanics. Um, which you know, I mean, a lot of you know games have shooting. It's a thing. Yeah. Um, I don't have a particular objection to that, but right, right. The, the sort of like the 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 draping it in the sort of honor duty, like join up soldier, like that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Ugh, just, ugh, I don't like that at all. Mm. And Wing Commander was just dripping with that stuff. And Star Citizen is like ever more so. Um, have you played the? Don't they have like some sort of alpha version out or something? I think years ago, uh, when, it, <laughs> when it was still considered just late. And, <laughs> um, I did. I, I played the, the the sort of the, they did like a public demo. It was a very short. It was long ago, so I'm sure that what it looks like now is very different from what I ever experienced it as. But yeah, Star Citizen for people who don't know, because um, it's it's like it's not like a simmering story. It almost feels like it happened long ago because it did. Um, <laughs> but um, the Creative Wing Commander wanted to do another big space sim game and uh, kickstarted it, and then got a, a million million dollars, got a ton of money, mm-hmm. and I think actually on Kickstarter, I think that's where it was actually on, and um, that's only sort of interesting because then after that campaign. They had a bunch of delays, and oh, we're going to add a first-person shooter campaign, and it's going to we're going to have a, a a multiplayer dogfighting and a persistent universe, and like it, everything. It was basically Halo plus Elite Dangerous, 
um, you know, uh, plus Wing Commander, right? It was all that. It's going to be all of that. And uh, promises, promise, and it kept getting added to even after the campaign was over, right? Uh-huh. And um, so um, when when people were like, "Wait, what?" The scope creep here. Um, they said, "Okay, well, what we're going to do now is on our own website, you can give us money." <laughs> and so um, they've just been running uh, crowdfunding in perpetuity uh, since then. And it is the most crowdfunded anything ever in the history of man. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's, yeah. it, it's very high. You can certainly look it up. And the thing about it is it, it, it's, uh, I'm, I'm very cynical about it. People have spent tens of thousands of dollars on content in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's every, and what they do is they have these teams pumping out new ships, um, but with that, like what put those teams on other things like have them make missions or something like you know like you obviously you can't just put people at a problem but um the what they've been how they've been growing the game to maintain their um their financial model is is really frightening um but yeah it's like it wants to be the the it wants to be elite dangerous plus wing commander plus everything else and i don't know like i don't think it's gonna but like so warning out there for all you wanting to make a space sim i guess i guess don't, so don't yeah. put, try to put too much in your space i don't know mm-hmm. yeah i think feel like a lot of space games end up over scoping mm-hmm. um probably because space is so big and stuff but like no man <laughs> that, that is an easy excuse but i like it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i don't know it feels like because because there's so little to do but so much to do mm-hmm. so much possibility that yeah people tend to try to do put it all in there. Like No Man's Sky had that same problem where they overpromised and stuff. Um, or not overpromised, but yeah, they just didn't have enough time to before the release to put all the stuff in that they wanted yeah, to. Yeah, people had the, however it happened, they had the impression there was more to it. Right? Yeah. yeah. And there now is. Mm-hmm. Go yeah. play it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, Martha, if you're going to make your big space game, how do, oh, you, yeah. how do you avoid oh, yeah. overscoping? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How, how big is your space? How big is your space? Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I, w- I feel like I would want to make a space game that's a little bit more limited, I guess, where you can go because I want more story, mm-hmm. like more that you're focused on a little piece of the space. Like a lot of Star Trek, I guess, is like, here's what happens when you go from here to here to on the planets that you find in between. Yeah. Um, and they're all interesting and different people that you run into that are actually little characters instead of the same one procedurally generated over and over again. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, w- I would do is, is maybe, I don't know how you would do it to make it still feel vast and huge without. I, I'm with you. I mean, certainly as an indie developer, there's only so much ambition you can have for something like that. But I, I know what you mean. There's a, um, it's sort of on un- seems unrelated, but there's a game that was announced recently that Game Freak is making called Town. Oh yeah, um, that game look cool. It's a it's a it's a fantasy RPG, but you just spend the whole time in one village, and then the, every all the the world comes to you. Yeah, the, and like the town works together to defeat the people coming at you. Right, and and that's a game. Uh, not to get too into it, but that yeah. that's a game where it's a big world, but you're only in a little part of it. Mm-hmm. I, if I were to, I would want to be an interstellar post person. Yeah, <laughs> just delivering mail. Yeah, just going from planet to planet. And like making sure that you keep your your fuel quota such because it's costing the, the, the agency money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to plot your routes and like, That'd you know, cool. sometimes you have to transport dangerous or suspicious packages and then maybe on the way you open them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take a peek. Yeah. Create. Uh, uh, um, per, per, perpetrating federal crimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way I would do it is just have like almost all empty. Well, not all. A lot of it would be empty, but like certain planets would have story stuff like you were saying, Martha. Um, and so if somebody finds it, they could like post about it on Reddit or something and say, hey, I found this thing. Has anybody ever seen this before? I think like No Man's Sky sort of had that ambition, right? Because there's gates or something you're supposed to find. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there if you I went through one of the portal gate things yeah. and there's a planet that like literally everyone's been on mm-hmm. um, and they you can leave these little um, like uh signal beacons or whatever that you can write a tiny little message in okay. so everyone ri- writes these little like hey hi from nashville so, <laughs> it's just pretty funny yeah yeah but like if you did that kind of stuff then like you could build like your community would find and build the narrative and you don't have to like be like hit them over the head with the narrative you can just put like a statue of something yeah you know, like what is this 
maybe it has to do with this thing. And then people will connect it and then make their own story. Yeah, I think the trick with that is finding the right balance between making them impossible to find yeah. so that so you drip out the sort of sl- things slowly versus just easy enough to find that it gets posted on Reddit and then everyone knows where it is. Oh, yeah. That's, you know, like yeah. uh, the, it's a really tough. I, p- developers talk all the time about how secrets they put in the game get discovered on day one. And they're like, that was fine, but at least I was hoping to get a couple of days out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, that, I think that for a game like that where you actually are physically discovering things. Yeah. And, and the ability to share that information. Um, I think that what you'd have to do is you'd have to make it hard to reach. You'd also. have to, well, yeah, right? potentially. So the, not, the information isn't the only barrier to getting it, mm-hmm. I suppose. Well, I mean, yeah, I suppose that's true. Like, I, I, would, I, I would design this world as though it was an open world game, but gigantic and not a lot in it. Yeah. I guess is what I'm thinking. And then you have that same problem that we've talked about in other uh, types of genres yeah. where like there's going to be a lot of content you make that mm-hmm. people don't see. Yeah. It's true. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Well, if Yeah, I guess I'm comfortable with that cuz that's literally what I'm designing the game to do. <laughs> but like, yeah, that I mean that's the whole thing. Yeah. That's the whole thing you got to think about. Well, Martha, when you solve that for us, you have to let us know. <laughs> I will. Gaming habits. <laughs> <laughs> you just couldn't wait for Martha to figure out a transition. It was going to happen, but I just... That's good. Let's go with that. <laughs> keeping it moving, keeping it moving. All right. My topic is about gaming habits, and I want to talk about this because um, I've talked about it on the show before. It's the, it's the head covering you wear when you're playing a game. <laughs> like a nun. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> you know. Oh you know never mind. <laughs> oh man, okay. This is what happens when you don't let her find it in her own time. Sorry. <laughs> I've ruined the podcast forever. <laughs> oh man. Okay. <sighs> <sighs> so. <laughs> I want to talk about gaming habits yes. just generally yes. um, because um, I've talked about on the show before like how sometimes I feel like a little self-conscious that like I'm not a huge gamer. Yeah. Right. But I mean, that's also a total, it's, it's a thing I feel. It's not even true. Like mm-hmm. I have all the systems. I play dozens of games a year. Right. Um, and I'm keeping up on game. Like I, I, as much a gamer as anyone would see, but I see other gamers like really go beyond mm. like modding Skyrim, for example, <laughs> like, you know, or spending a, like all as a ton of time in no man's sky, a game that doesn't have an ending, which gives me an excuse to stop playing it, you know? So, um, I, and recently I played Spider-Man. Yes. And we talked, I, I talked about it on the show. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> that one. <laughs> Um, in case you were confused right. the other Spider-Man uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, I gave my first impressions when the game came out a couple weeks ago yes. um, but I started that game and uh, finished it and 100%ed it on hard in six days Dang. which is not a thing that's normal for me that's not a thing that's normal for most people that's very impressive I he that. says after finishing optica well that's 100%. the other thing is I, yeah coincidentally the weekend before i had i i 100 optica yeah the puzzle game that graphic just put out that you should buy it's available now on ios and android anyway, <laughs> buy optica it's yeah. super good yes uh, it's a puzzle game for mobile and i was just thinking like how normally i'm not the type of person who will 100 a game right um but i am definitely the type of person who when i have a game i like i will be all about that game yeah really like for a little while until i like exhaust it whatever it is for me feel like i've exhausted it yeah most of the time that's beating the campaign right um which is why i don't play a lot of persistent games i don't play a lot of online multiplayer games because those don't have there's no nothing tells me i can stop playing it Mm -hmm. and so i fear i'm just never gonna stop playing it (laughs) um and when i was younger i could do that but like because i had time to waste but i don't have time to waste these days Uh, but neither do you guys and but you still do it because it's actually not that hard it's just uh, i think it's harder than it is i think is what's really going on so i want to talk to you guys about your gaming habits and about how like as a developer as a game maker like how obligated do you feel to be um like connected to either gamer culture or like a, a game literate in a sense sure i feel because i'm doing this podcast more that i have to be playing games to yeah. know what's go and know what's going on um more than being a game but also being a game dev like makes me feel like i should be playing games 
just to know what's out there and get ideas and, yeah. and stuff like that. So kind of a conflicting feeling because when you're playing games, you're not working on them. So yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So there's that whole thing too. Yeah. I, I feel like I uh, work kind of similar to how you do, Mark. And mm-hmm. then like I will, if I really like a game, I will play that a whole bunch and then stop playing it and then move back to Skyrim uh, <laughs> or whatever else. Um, uh, I did this. I did that with Near Automata. Remember, like that one night I played it till like oh yeah five in the morning. <laughs> Uh, and then woke up three hours later to go to work. Uh, yeah, that was the thing that happened. Um, so yeah, I just like, I'll just like burn real hot and then, and then it beat it and then I'm done with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I feel like that's, that. I don't know. I guess that's just how it works for mm-hmm. me. Unless it's a fighting game or something, then I can get into it. But yeah. like, I can stop whenever because those are five minutes. Uh-huh. I can just play it. I can stop whenever I want you guys. I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> they have exit points. I don't necessarily use the exit points. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I think that like in the past, yeah, when you have so much time, you just play games all the time. But I keep up with news because I like read Kotaku and I follow people on Twitter and whatever yeah. else. Um, so that's how I keep up with it. I guess I have I don't feel the pressure to like play new games that often because yeah. most of the time I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> they don't interest me as much. A lot of them seem to be like open world games and they will take up too much of my time. Right, and I right. just don't want to deal with that. So it's interesting. We, yeah, we do seems to our habits cross in some areas, yeah. but in others where I I do tend to want to play if a game I'm a little excited about. Yeah, I I will. I'll make the time for it when it, when it is brand new mm-hmm. so that I could be part of that conversation so I could read all the articles about it. And so, and then when it's died down on the internet and amongst the, my peer group, yeah. then I can be done with it too. Yeah. Like, and so I tend, it's a lot of people will be, will pick up a game from a year ago at like, you know, 60% off mm-hmm. and have just as much fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I could be that, but I it, like, and, and if I, if I miss a game, if I, like I didn't get it and it, and the conversation happened, there's very little chance I'm going to go back to it. Mm. And I don't know how, I don't, I don't really feel bad about that, but like, I don't like Undertale's a really good one. It just came out on switch. Right. So I might, I have another chance to play it, yeah. which is silly. Cause I have many chances to play that game. Mm-hmm. But, um, but when it, as soon as it went out of the cultural zeitgeist, I just, I had no motivation to pick it up even as it got, you know, cheaper and cheaper on steam or whatever. It sounds like part of the motivation for you playing games is like just to be able to discuss it with people. And That's like, if people, true. if it's like, if it came out recently and people are talking about it, then you have a chance to talk about it. But like, if you're bringing up a three year old game, yeah. pe- people will listen and stuff, but like, they might not have anything to say. Yeah. Or they already did their discussions. So. The negative spin you put on that is like that it's just, it becomes sort of um, uh, just something to talk about, right? Yeah. Like just some content. But uh, the positive spin I'd like to put on it mm. is like, I tend, I do tend to look at games as, as critical objects. It's sure. like, as um, things that are worthy of discussion that are not just pastime, not just not just for playing, yeah, uh, but for uh, understanding and exploring. Um, even if it's like Spider-Man, like there's really there's not a lot a deep ben critical Aaron. breakdown of Spider-Man uh-huh. as as well as it's got a great story. Yeah. Like everything about it is good, but like it's not exactly saying anything new in the genre, you know. Oh, yeah. um, so I don't mean that that's like that's a criteria for me to play a game, but I do try. I do tend to look at games that way. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I think I do. I don't know. Like Martha, you'll spend all that time in No Man's Sky. You were motivated by all the updates that came, but um, yes. but is that was that principally what what got you back into it? And what's, um, what keeps you there is the continual. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. I think that's what brought it back to my mind again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I'll, I'll try this again because I like games like that. Yeah. Um, and I wanted it to be good. Um, it moved and and it, it turned out to be like really cool. So yeah. I moved it out of my meh mm-hmm. category on Steam back yeah. to the cool games category. But you also go back and play Borderlands uh, yes. frequently because it's yes. just your all time favorite. Yes. So, but I feel like I have a, I have a lot. I don't necessarily play the new the newest game that's happening. Mm-hmm. Like, but I'll get really really into whatever game I choose to play. Like sure. I was late, very, very, very late to the party with portal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was obnoxious to everyone because I was doing all the portal jokes that everyone was doing. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> like anytime anyone talked about cake uh-huh. or stuff like that, I was like that person who was like, it's a lie. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there though. <laughs> um, yeah. So if it's a game you can beat, I get 
like really into it and then beat it and then stop. And it, but if it's a game that like doesn't have an ending or is, or you can keep playing after you're done with the ending, like I'll just go back and pick the try to play it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep keep playing it every so often. Like, hey, I haven't played this in a while. I'm gonna check back in to how that's going. Huh. Man, I can't imagine doing that with most games. I need new content. I can't keep playing this game game over and over again. Like with fighting games, you can fight a new opponent. And with Skyrim, you can mod it to a completely different game. But like Super Mario Brothers is going to be Super Mario Brothers mm-hmm. tomorrow and the next day and next year. Do you watch TV shows ever again? Rarely, but yeah. Because I watch the same TV shows over and over oh. again. <laughs> So I think it's a similar thing. Okay. It's interesting because I also do that um, for my favorites uh, TV shows. I will, I'll revisit episodes I loved um, or movies the same. Sure. But for games, I don't as much. So like the Nintendo Switch Online just came out mm-hmm. and it's... it's I, uh, which is just paying for something that you already could do. Peer-to-peer. We're paying for peer-to-peer. Oh, anyway, some of sorry. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, Splatoon is still peer-to-peer and they're making kids pay for that. So... Frustrating. Anyway, continue. Um, so uh, I, <laughs> I'm I, off my soapbox now. <laughs> <laughs> we should come back to that though, because that's that's good. I like I like that bit of soapbox there. Um, but um, I I got it because I wanted the NES library, like the Netflix oh, for sure. NES games. Yeah. Um, and then I, I I loaded up and played a couple of them. I loaded up Mario Three, one of my favorites of all time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't I and I'm like, oh right, I'm not really the type of person who goes back and plays those old games. The same way I go back and watch old movies. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of, it was a little disappointing. And I felt like disappointed in myself almost. Mm. Like not, nec- well, maybe for wasting the $20, but like m- mostly for like, I didn't get as much um, nostalgic joy out of it as I thought I would. Oh, yeah. and, so, and what I did instead is I kept looking for games I hadn't played on that list of 20 that came. Yeah. And uh, of course, the ones I hadn't played are the ones that aren't as good just because uh-huh. I've had 30 years to do it. So yeah. like I would have done it by now. Um, and so, uh, it was a little bit kind of disenchanting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, uh, all right, I guess, I yeah. mean, I could play Mario again and, and people get a lot of joy out of that, but I, I don't as much. And I, I don't know what's different about that versus watching an old Star Trek episode, which I'll do till I die. You know, that's a good question. Cause yeah, I will rewatch mm-hmm. like episodes of community or, uh, Futurama or Frasier mm-hmm. or something. Uh, but yeah, I don't. Like when you know when the NES and the Super NES Classic came out, I wasn't really that excited about them because I'm like, I already played most of those games, and the other ones I don't want to play. Yeah, I don't know what it is that makes it different. I mean, I guess it's it's the active versus passive. I mean, just something. the actual difference. But yeah. I, I, it's got to be more than that, right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But Martha, you go back to your old favorites for games as well. Yeah. Okay. Huh? And you you get the do you get the same amount of enjoyment you do, or do you get a different kind of enjoyment from it? Um, yeah, well, depends on the game. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll have, I've had multiple characters for um, Stardew Valley and played through to you win, quote unquote. Okay. Um, but I haven't gotten any of them up to like the golden clock or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's like, this pretty fun every time. And Borderlands is always fun. Mm-hmm. Although it's a different fun than, than the first time you play because the first time you play you don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. um so yeah so it depends on if it's if it's a like narrative heavy game then it's a yeah a different feeling because it's it's like coming back and enjoying something again it's like the it's like watching star trek again mm-hmm. or yeah. another show again yeah. it's that comfort feeling it's like eating mac and cheese or something okay mm-hmm. i mean i guess i there's a few games i've played a bunch of times over like i played mario and luigi superstar saga and i beat that like three times but i don't know why i don't know yeah i mean i, I there's a comfort to it that makes sense yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know yeah but i'm just sitting here thinking about it <laughs> you know the, the games i think about that i want to go back and replay are yeah. ones that i don't remember a lot about yeah um or games that were so big that like i that really they, they don't it doesn't all hang in my memory so yeah. paper mario thousand year door is one that i will sometimes describe as like my favorite game of all time mm. And I didn't even I didn't play it until I got it 
a, a used copy for my Wii in 2007. Yeah. So like I wasn't part of its original, um, you know, a uh, fandom, but I love, I love that game, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I don't remember a ton about it. So I'm like, that's a perfect candidate for me to go back and enjoy again. Yeah. And then I'm like, what happens if I get 20 minutes into it and then it all comes flooding back to me. Uh, and then I'm like, nah, I guess I remember it now. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm worried. Yeah. I'm worried about that. Cause that has happened to me in the past. Yeah. You'll start a game thinking, oh man, this is going to be great. I'm going to play this game over. It's going to be so fun. And then you play and you're like, oh yeah, I remember this. I'm going to have to go through this part. And oh man, I can't stand this part. Yeah. This part was pretty nice, but it's like three hours in. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that happens. You know, that comes down like, uh, I guess a really quick way to know if mm-hmm. you're like one of us or like Martha is, is, is just telling someone like if they ever play like a new game plus. Yeah. Because it's kind of an immediate version of that. Right. Yeah. And I like I'm not it does not appeal to me in any way. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like get all have all my upgrades and go back to level one. Like I if I just wanted to do this thing immediately again, I would just watch the cutscenes on YouTube, I guess. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, um, I would only do but it. People if people quite content. like the those modes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if I've ever played a new game plus. Cause with Borderlands, there's new game plus. Um, but I've never actually gone into it yet because then I'm replaying the game for the first time with all the other characters. Mm-hmm. So, and I want to keep uh, okay. some characters at certain levels so I can play with people who are just starting to play the game too. So, yeah, and I have to play through all the DLC before I play the new game plus because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's still more to do before you reach that point. Yes. <laughs> but the more to do is kind of similar. You're playing the game again. Yeah. Right. Okay. So not a not not a perfect comparison, but it's, it's getting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other games that I actually new game plus. I don't think so. Hmm. I don't know. It's a really good question. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, I assume it's similar. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to talk a little bit also about um, another sort of thing that inspired me on this topic. Is there's a, um, uh, a Rami Ismail gave us talk in 2015 where he said sort of provocatively, he's like, I'm a developer, I'm not a gamer. Mm-hmm. And I, rem- I remember seeing that and being very kind of like, oh, okay, then this feeling I have is no okay, you know? Because mm-hmm. I feel like that a lot. I feel like that, you know, I, I'll, I, would so- I would very frequently rather read, uh, you know, articles on the internet than play a game if I have two hours of free time. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes I start to feel a little bit like, well, am I... Am I, is that bad? <laughs> Am I not enough of a gamer? Because I feel like gaming is not my favorite pastime. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's a problem. No. But like, I do wonder what that does to me as a developer. Hmm. Like, oh. in terms of like, does, do I, because um, I, you know, there are people I talk to in this community who have this incredible familiarity with uh, uh, um, certain types of mechanics because they have a lot of experience with different types of games yeah. that I don't have. Yeah. And, and I'm of two minds about it because sometimes I think like, oh, having a lot of that knowledge, um, it's like being well read to become a good author. Yeah. But at the same time, very frequently, the the best novels are by first time novelists who don't know what they're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. so it's not. There's no really correct answer to it. it. Both both paths can work very well. Yeah. Like one is not even better than the other. They're yeah. just different. Yeah. But I do think about like what's the best for me. And like in another world where I was, uh, uh where I was like playing Destiny all the time. And like really into uh, online card games, yeah. Like what you know, what I have, what, what, how would that change me as a developer? Mm-hmm. You know, like how do you th- like because you play Skyrim all the time as a pastime, yeah. And how does that? My, I mod Skyrim all the time as a pastime. Okay, <laughs> see, yes, you're sure. qualifying it so that it sounds less pastimey. So. <laughs> no, I mean like I don't actively play the game as much as I okay, really. Okay should okay <laughs> for as much as i mod it okay well, maybe, um, that, I mean, maybe no, that's not the best example but i like, do i do like i will play games i will opt to play games oftentimes instead of you know well definitely reading books i don't like reading books but like <laughs> why uh, or watching tv or something uh-huh. um but i think that it just kind of changes what your influences are yeah from when you're uh making games more than it like affects i don't know like i Mm-hmm. Like it's more about about what sort of genres and mechanics and stuff that you feel inspired by rather than the quality of your game making. Yes, yes, that's that's a really good. Yeah, that that really hits for me because one of the things I when, whenever I talk with someone uh, like brainstorming game mechanics, I'm much more focused on the closer it can get to checkers, the happier I am. 
Yeah. And like, maybe chess is a better example. I didn't want to do, to, to go. The closer you can get to go, where there are like, where there is one rule. Yeah. But it is incredibly yeah, yeah. deep and complicated. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that's my ideal type of thing that you can teach some, it to somebody in 25 seconds and then they can take 70 years to get kind of okay at it. Like, that is the, that's the perfect, like, um, that's the extreme of what excites me about game design. Yeah. And then, but then I talk to other game designers who talk about, like, all of the numbers that go into balancing a system. Oh, man. And, and none of that appeals to me at so all. Though. And then when I'm in those conversations, I have to defend myself as the person who likes simple things, who doesn't like it too complicated or doesn't oh. like it too hard to figure out. And I feel like, I feel like I'm, I'm on my heels. Uh-huh. But when you guys describe it that way, is like the, your influences are different from yeah. the genre. I think that might be a better way to to put it yeah, than I have in the past. Yeah, it's not like the, I don't I like I don't think that these ideas are competing against one another. Yeah. They just do different things. Sure, and like they can uh, benefit. They can benefit all genres of games in different ways. Yeah. But like it's, I, I yeah, it just it kind of just it just determines the games you like and the games you want to make mm-hmm. more than it like determines. The, how good you are at making games. I like the way that, yeah, that was a good way of putting it, Martha. That was mm-hmm. good. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I like numbers. Uh, and I like balancing things and stuff like that. But like, and but I also like prefer games to be as simple as possible so more people can play them. Yeah. I mean, there's a, that's a general, I think that's, I don't think you get a lot of developers who would disagree with like, if you can make it simpler without losing depth, you want to do that. Yeah. So maybe I'm, I, I'm trying not to be unfair to the people who really are excited about more uh, complicated mechanical systems. Yeah. I don't mean to say that that's that that's just that's useless, uh, uh, or that they don't also appreciate optimization and simplicity and, and, and usability. Right, right, right. But um, I just don't know them as well. And is that the main reason why I'm not as excited about them? And is that okay? Like, what am I missing? Is I guess yeah. point. I, I worry a little bit about what I'm missing. Um, yeah, you know. Um, I mean. Well, it's interesting you bring it up that way because, like, I feel like I'm uh, decently well versed in like video games, and I play a lot of them, and I know a lot about them and stuff. But mm-hmm. I feel like, as a result of that, I'm not as familiar with other forms of media. Um, like, I don't, I don't read books. Um, I don't. I watch movies sometimes, but like, I don't watch like older movies and things, so mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with those. I, I don't like go to museums and look at art and stuff. I have very little art background at all so like all those kinds of things i feel like i'm missing out on all those aspects mm. and i feel like that's uh detracting from p- potential games i can make in the future okay so sense. you're also generously describing the time i'm not spending on games oh. as on those other things <laughs> Fair enough. but i mean like which maybe sometimes but like you don't have to give me the credit <laughs> but well what i'm saying is that like because you have uh i feel like i i'm more laser focused and in, in aspects of things yeah and as a result i can't it's harder for me to see broad picture things or connect other things together to sure this thing. sure um and like i'm kind of trying to work on that mm-hmm. but like that's i there, guess there's a strength to that too yeah. and i think we probably we're on the opposite of this because i very much a holistic thinker mm-hmm. i tend to think about systems rather than pieces yeah and so uh, but I do worry about what I'm missing by not drilling down and checking, taking a look at that piece. Yeah. Just as you're a little worried about not uh, expanding out and seeing the system. Right. Um, I, maybe we're both worried about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I hope. Oh, perhaps. Yeah. Where, I mean, Martha, so. where do you, uh, I mean, if we're going to make that a dimension, where do you fall on it? I feel like I'm so interested in so many things Mm -hmm. that I don't go in depth in very many of them. Okay. Um, Like I'm playing music and I read books and I go and draw at museums and I play video games um, and I make video games and I talk on a podcast and I'm interested in bugs and linguistics and (laughs) all these different things. And I get just go from one to one to one. And if like Dylan is also like that. And so we both have talked before about how we would, Sometimes we envy people who are just into one thing, yeah. Um, because we would be so much better at the one thing than we are at any of the things that we're interested in right now. So oh, yeah, no, I, I think we feel uh, pretty similarly in, yeah. in that way. I get, man, I will have, I really have to if I'm working on something, I really have to tell myself because it, it, it's not just big broad topics; it's specific things. If I have like three little projects in the hopper. 
I have to work really hard to work on them one at a time mm-hmm. and not try to work on them all at the same time <laughs> because I, I always want to do that. Yeah. And it's real. And, and I have to like, it, which is uh, this year we're making widget satchel. Right. I had to, I had to be very hard on myself to put Metro Nexus aside mm-hmm. and not also try to work on that. Um, and that was really hard for me. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that is a similar attitude to this, this of, of like wanting to do a bunch of different things. And that I, it's why it takes me, it's a little harder for me to value all the in-depth knowledge of things like hit stun in a fighting game. Sure. Like I don't, I just don't see the value of knowing anything about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know it, yeah, that's interesting. Cause like I've always felt like I would always prefer to be an expert in one specific thing. Yeah. Because like, then I can just get real good at that thing. Uh, and then I don't have to focus on a bunch of other stuff. But like, <laughs> as a like because I because I'm not focusing on a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, I'm not going to be as good at that that one thing because you knowing about other things can inform uh, your your ability in this other thing. Yeah. So like, it does seem so like there's maybe, no way to get it right. <laughs> maybe it's yeah. always the grass is greener on the other yeah, side. Yeah, I bet that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things is uh, people will say sometimes is a is a common uh, trope in science fiction stories that someone's granted immortality and then yeah. after a thousand or two thousand years they get really bored yeah. and then they have this kind of like blase attitude and it's a curse more like no no <laughs> there is always going to be something to be interested in yeah. like it would uh, I, that that irony is really attractive to a writer but like I don't buy that for a half second yeah. like it, there's if I had all the time. I would feel so less guilty about what I'm spending my time on now. Right. I would feel much more comfortable setting something at t- aside because I can get to it in 300 years, you right. know? Um, whereas now I feel, I always feel like I've got a, and, and so it, it's hard for me to get really in depth on, on those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as a consequence, like I, I, what kind of fighting game could I make? If I don't know anything about hits done, you know, one with that doesn't pay attention to hits done. Well, <laughs> yeah. Oh, is, breaker. Is, well, is that okay? Like, yeah. and that's the thing I, I, I that's why I tell myself mm-hmm. that like, then that's, that's just as good. Yeah. And then I get into conversations with other people and they say like, well, no one's going to play that game. Like, you know, and I'm like, well, I, I don't know if that's, that's, uh, that's an important thing. That's, it's not, well, it's not yeah, unimportant. Lit- if like literally no one plays your game, I mean, yeah. maybe that's the point of the game. I don't know. Yeah. But like the, oh, man, no, I don't, I don't know where I'm <sighs> shoot. <laughs> I was going to say something, but like, then I got in my head about it. I don't know. What I was well, say. that sounds like a great note to end on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do feel like we could go back and forth on Cause it, I, I'm starting could. in my mind. I'm starting like, I'm now I'm going to mention the nature of art. I'm like, nope, that's outside the scope of this topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll come back. Yeah. That's our show. If you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app and be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or are nice like us. We really do need to know you're out there, so leave a review and tell all your friends too. We also want to hear directly from you, so follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club and email us at contact at nicegames.club. Lastly, you can find out more about the show and your nice host as well as get all the links and show notes from this and other episodes at nicegames.club. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. Blah, 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 blah.